Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. Now every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. Amen. Let us pray. Holy One, giver of all light, lift up our hearts and minds to Christ, the morning star that never fades. By the light of your Holy Spirit, reveal to us your saving word. Lead us to offer our lives to you in service and in love, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We made it! The suspense and chaotic season of Advent is behind us, and frankly, I'm exhausted. We bought, wrapped, and gave all of the gifts. We cleaned the whole house in preparation for visitors. We decorated. We enjoyed fellowship with family and friends. We spent hours cooking food, which we stuffed ourselves full with over a matter of 30 minutes. It has indeed been a suspenseful and chaotic advent, but we made it. A house full of new toys, a recycled bin full of boxes and paper, a fridge full of leftovers, and beds full of those settling in for their winter nap. I am exhausted, and yet Christmas has only just begun. It's easy to forget that as we rush home from vacations and redecorate for our New Year's Eve celebrations or we find ourselves returning and exchanging Christmas gifts that were the wrong size or things we received two of. We spent one day embracing the joy that Christmas brings and find ourselves back to our to-do list after just a few moments. We get lost in the busyness. We find Mary and Joseph lost in this same sort of place when we enter our story today. They are heading home from the Passover festival. 
This was one of the largest Jewish celebrations. People have gathered from out of town. They have cooked and shared in Seder dinners. They have made religious sacrifices. They have prayed and worshiped and been in fellowship with all of their family and their friends and their friends' families. And they are finally heading home. Mary and Joseph have got to be exhausted. They leave behind the temple, sitting in this newfound stillness and quiet, covered with a sense of peace, the kind of sense that comes over our own church after the busyness of Christmas services begins to fade into the past. It is just as Mary and Joseph are settling into this stillness that they realize something is very wrong. They can't seem to find their son. Where in the world is Jesus? Every parent knows this feeling. The immediate terror when your beloved child is suddenly out of sight. As they turn back towards Jerusalem, they begin frantically looking for him. For most parents, this scare normally doesn't last too long. The child probably ducked behind a corner to see something shiny or bent down to tie a shoe. This was not the luck that Mary and Joseph were met with, however. They were looking for Jesus for three days. We know how parents can be when their protective instincts kicked in. The whole town had to know that Jesus was missing by this point. I can see Mary and Joseph breaking through the doors of the temple and ripping through that stillness as they exclaim in exacerbated relief, Jesus, we have been looking everywhere for you. I cannot imagine the looks on Mary and Joseph's faces when they heard their preteen son's response, which can be translated as something like, I've been here the whole time. Duh. <laughs> it is natural that Mary and Joseph didn't understand this response. That's likely because Jesus probably didn't actually understand the question. Mary says to him, child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. I can't help but think Jesus was genuinely confused when he responded with, why were you searching for me? I think he was being genuine because, you see, he never thought he was lost. Jesus knew, even at this young age, that just because the festivities were over and everyone else was heading home, his work at his father's house was not done. This single story from Jesus' childhood marks only the beginning. As we will see over the next several weeks, while we move into stories from his adulthood, Jesus has only just begun his journey of the messianic mission. We have made it through Advent, and I know many of us are exhausted, yet Christmas has only just begun. It's easy for us to fall out of the holiday season as quickly as the cars at the store change from Christmas to Valentine's Day, and we have to stop ourselves amidst this societal shift and take notice of the changes around us. What happened to the decorations? 
or the friendly greetings among strangers? What happened to the family dinners? What happened to the volunteers ringing bells as they collected money from compassionate passerbys for those less fortunate? And where in the world is Jesus? <coughs> oh wait, he never left. Maybe we just need to look harder. I remember a TV show that used to air called Joan of Arcadia. The main character was a teenage girl named Joan who would see and speak to God and would perform different tasks that God would give to her. The interesting part, however, was that God would always appear to her as a different person. God would just show up to her as any other random person she would encounter on the street. It would become a fun sort of hide-and-seek game for viewers, watching the show as we would try to guess which random character was actually, in essence, an incarnation of God. I quickly grew to love the TV show's theme song with the chorus that said, what if God was one of us, just a slob like one of us, just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home? I would like to think that if I knew God was walking around my town, I would follow Mary and Joseph's lead and start searching in great anxiety, not stopping until I found him. The problem with this thinking, though, is the fact that God never left in the first place. Why were you searching for me? Jesus asked. Jesus was never lost. The incarnation of God was not a temporary state that lasted only during the life of the historical Jesus of Nazareth. God's choice to enter the human world and take his place among us always was and always is and always will be. So where in the world is Jesus? Where would you start your search if you knew Jesus was just another person wandering around your town we remembered just this past week that it's not really God's style to show up in a huge blaze of glory, announcing his presence over a loudspeaker to the whole earth. If he came as a helpless baby in the first place, who else may he choose to embody? My thoughts immediately jumped to a passage from the Gospel of Matthew. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was imprisoned, and you visited me. I think if Jesus was in my town, I'd find him among the least of these. And if I sought out these people, who are living amongst the margins of society, I couldn't just go by. You see, when you truly look into someone's face and see them as a reflection of Christ, it's impossible not to react. You're captivated by the face of this other individual and moved to deep compassion. 
When you look at someone and see in them the face of Christ, it is most likely that they will in turn see the face of Christ in you. Perhaps as we carry on this Christmas season and continue to seek for Jesus, it will actually be Jesus who finds and uses us. I was being fully honest with you earlier. This has been a long few months and I truly am exhausted. But when a parent notices their beloved child is missing, they're gonna get moving. They have to find this child. They're beautiful, sweet, innocent, helpless, and perfect face of Christ. I can only hope that if I knew Jesus was in my neighborhood, I would at least do the same. As I gear up my energy and look for what comes next, I recall a poem I read recently by Howard Thurman. I hope his words help to reboost your energy as we go forward into this new year, seeking for Jesus in the places you would expect a king to never hide. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among others, to make music in the heart. May we all go forward and continue to look for where we see Christ incarnate and always remember that others may see him in you. Amen.